Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology Podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used, or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with Future Tech Podcast. Uh, my guest today, a returning guest, is John Gott, the founder of Stokens.com, S-T-O-K-E-N-S.com, and the TXSRB, the token exchange self-regulating body. John, how you doing? Great. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, I wanted to have you back because um, as we've been talking recently, uh, I've been seeing news all over the place about uh, the SEC in the United States uh, working on regulating um, tokens and ICOs. And China just announced that they, you know, they determined, at least for now, no more ICOs. And even the ICOs that are out there to return and refund investors' money, it's a pretty scary environment. And I know that you're working on... Um, helping tokens uh, be compliant and ICOs be compliant so they don't run afoul of, uh, of regulators. So can yeah, you talk briefly about uh, what you're doing? Tell me what you're doing, because yeah, it sounds and, really important well, right now. It's exactly what we talked about on the first call. And we have a situation that is closing in around us. I mean, you can almost feel the window closing on you. You know, it, think about China today said no ICOs. And like you said, they have to find a way to return the money to investors. And they're calling them investors. They're also calling these uh, scams and frauds specifically. And they are investigating 60, 60 different companies that are, I guess, major platforms in that were brought out of China as ICOs. They didn't name, I don't think, which they are yet. But the reaction to the market um, was not good. And it looks like everyone in China is now pulling their money out of uh, these coins and putting it into Bitcoin and Ethereum, which seem to be more accepted at this point in China. Russia is not doing us any favors either. I think they've just moved toward looking into, which means the same to me as they've made their decision uh, to make it for accredited investors only for all tokens and saying that there's no, you need to be a savvy investor or you will fall uh, uh, prey to fraud. And again, you look at Canada where you can take uh, an exam and you can study for that exam. They'll give you the materials and you can take a test and become an accredited educated investor. But rather than educating people, Russia is sort of deciding for them that they can't be educated and that only rich people can be educated. Uh, so that's bad. Ukraine's going to make a decision in the next three weeks. And South Korea said they're looking into shutting it down now. Uh, Singapore has said they're going to look into it, even though they seem to be friendly to crypto. I think they're feeling the pressure all around them there. So what's left? <laughs> 
And the good news, the really good news, is that the United States was falling behind. It really was falling behind in crypto. And because these countries, these, I guess mostly communist countries, have decided that they don't want uh, their people to have the benefits of crypto, it leaves the United States, which I understand is a scary place because the SEC is going to start cracking down for sure. They've already like we talked about, the Dow token uh, made decisions here. We have another lawsuit. We talked about uh, Traffic Monsoon that will allow them to uh, um, go after class action lawsuits and outside the boundaries of the United States to nonprofit foundations and distributed autonomous organizations and the founders of those organizations. And that's coming. That's next. Um, They're going to go after exchanges, likely, that are listing these. All of this really scary, bad stuff. But here's the good news, because there is good news. Really great news, actually. The really great news is that if we are able to get our crap together and be compliant with the SEC and with any commodity trading boards, and you know, or, or rather uh, uh, regulatory bodies, if if we are compliant with them, and if furthermore we put as stringent rules upon uh, owning tokens that are not security or commodity tokens, then we can actually self-regulate. And these laws right now to be a security or to be a commodity, they exist. And so you can actually follow these laws today in the United States and legally have a digital asset. That was a lot. I got a, I got a quick question before we get more into that. Um, China is known for cracking down pretty heavily and pretty viciously when it does. Um, it mentioned demanding that the... Uh, the ICOs actually return the money to investors. Right. And that's, you know, it's a question as to what that really means. Uh, we don't know yet. The, you know, knee-jerk uh, thought would be, I suppose, that they have to return all the money that they have to a current holder. But how, tell them how far back? Them. When is, when it, you know, what if an ICO well, is done and it's been done for three months or six months? Do you think that, I mean, how when far you, do you think they'll try to at, reach back? Sure. I mean, look at someone like... Uh, Iota. I think they raised like four hundred thousand dollars or something, but now they're worth like a billion and a half, two billion dollars, and they were down like fifty percent at one point, nearly forty-five percent or something. They, as an example, could clean up, but they're an example of someone who raised four hundred thousand dollars, and I think they probably used it to create their current company. And if they did that, then that was common enterprise and someone expected an upside and there was investment. So that would, for instance, fail the Howie cast and be a security. And if they marketed to people in the U.S. or outside uh, or from outside the U.S. or uh, it, it ended up on exchange and it, it is somehow in the hands of people in the U.S. And if it's continually being pumped and marketed in the U.S., then it may be a security. So um, do you return the 400 grand or do you return the $2 billion value or one and a half billion or whatever it is at this moment, right? So it's questionable what these companies would have to do if, for instance, I was out of China, which it's not, but if it fell prey to similar um, punishments. Well, what would, all right, so for instance, what do you think they have to do with it? Like, let's take, uh, you know, I don't know, I'll just make it up, ABC coin. They raise, raise 500000 and then the market takes the valuation up to $500 million. Would they have to return the well, five hundred thousand initial, or would they have to return everything? Make, how know, does that make in sense? In our first meeting, in our first meeting, we talked about uh, what percentage I think are actually um, in trouble, potentially, or need to clean up. Let's put it that way: they're not clean coins. 
And we've got a list of clean coins at TXSRB now, and we're updating it. And you'll see there aren't very many uh, uh, members <laughs> of that list, unfortunately. Most did it wrong. But that doesn't mean that we haven't found all of them that did it right. We're still looking. And right is an opinion. It's our own opinion. We're going to open that up to public opinion on the 14th and let people vote their opinion. Um, but, but right now, it's a very short list. How does someone clean up? We're going to put it on the site uh, probably after this call. Uh, I can start uh, putting that up. But the idea is this. If you currently have a coin and you raised money or had it on an exchange or marketed it in some way after to people in the United States, for instance, then or, or if you have a commodity and you didn't follow the rules uh, that would govern a commodity, then at this point, you may have to clean that up. How do you do it? Well, one thing you could do is what the Chinese are suggesting, actually, which is return or offer to return the original investors their money. And current investors, of course, can get a refund of money by simply selling if they have um, a loss of appetite. Frankly, I think they should have a greater appetite if they liked the business model before because now they actually have something they can believe in that has some certainty rather than uncertainty to it. So cleaning up a coin is not a bad thing. In fact, it should be something that should be applauded and um, potentially invested in, although I'm not a financial advisor. No, I'm an attorney, and well, this is all my opinion. Let's, let's, let's dig into this for a second. Sorry, so sorry I lost the money. You, you, you want to walk through a ABC coin. Okay, let's, let's just uh, even say IOTA for a second, okay? Uh, as an example, why not? I mentioned it, and I won't, so I, I won't mention others. I'll just tell you exactly how IOTA could clean up their coins, in my opinion. If they raised money, which they did, if people expected an upside, which they did, if it is a uh, common enterprise in the sense that uh, money was raised to go build software, for instance, or pay for servers or something, but it was to create something of value that did not exist the day they raised the money or was impartial, uh, you know, uh, somewhere along the way, uh, but, but not, not ready for consumption. They needed that money and they depended on that money and the people putting up that money depended on them to execute. So there was common enterprise. And so those are the three parts of the Howey test. You have an investment, you have an expectation of outcome, and you have um, um, common enterprise. And so forget about possibly being a commodity or fat protocol or anything else. First of all, they are probably a security in the sense if it was marketed and sold and traded by people in the United States, and it is. And so any exchange then that has IOTA is potentially also breaking the law because they are marketing or allowing people rather within the United States to buy and sell a commodity or rather, a, uh, rather in this case, a, a security. And uh, you have to keep track of who owns the security. If people in the United States own it, then you have to keep track of it. So the KYC ain't mailing these people on all these exchanges. So, because if so, they're not, um, you follow me, you no, follow me, but you've got, to, you've got to clean this up. And, and the only of way course. that you can clean something like this up is to change that security into a token that's a utility or an access token or a FAT protocol or whatever you want it to be. But it's probably best that you offer a refund back to the original people that bought that if you sold it in an ICO to people in the United States, but everywhere. If it's gone up, like it has Toyota. Yeah. When you say a refund, let's say the ICO is a dollar and now it's $10. Refund at a dollar or refund at $10? Right, most people probably won't take it. That was my next point is that people probably won't take it because you'd be refunding it at the value they paid. It's a refund. They paid Mm, 400000 and it's now worth... Two billion or a billion and a half, they probably are not going to take you up on it. But you offer it because 
you're doing the right thing. You're trying to clean up a mess. And so you offer that original $400,000 in refunds, if that was all it ever was, and then it grew from there, then good for them. And uh, you take you take anybody in the U.S. and say, you were, this, this is no longer a security if you ever thought it was. We've followed our lawyer's advice. We didn't do anything wrong, we thought. It doesn't appear that's right now that the Howey test wasn't passed by the Dow token, et cetera. And so we're going to say, you know what? We were led astray by our attorneys, but we apologize and offer a refund. And for anybody in the United States, keep this token because it is still valuable, but it is now an access token or some other utility or you know, it's a FAT protocol now or whatever it's going to be. And when you do this, you have now eliminated being uh, a security. But what about for those people that may have even wanted a security and to show that there is something else that is a security, I suggest having a security token. And you can do this two ways. One way is that you can... Um, one way is that you can stay outside the United States. You can market only to people outside the U.S. based on the rules and laws that apply in their country. But there is actually a way that you can market in the United States uh, through Regulation A+. And uh, if, if, you'd go, if, if you do Regulation A+, you can actually um, um, if you have to have, I believe, two years of uh, financials, but you can pay $500,000 and be a publicly traded company and you can take in investors' money and you can uh, deal with non-accredited investors. You can do that. It's legal. And you can trade it let me, let me, um, on a computer network. Let me break this down. Let me break this down for one second. So I understand the ICO part, you know, offering to refund people the original price they bought into the ICO. Fine. You're also talking about exchanges. So what if a token wasn't sold to Americans on the ICO? And let's say my company's in Switzerland, I'm ABC coin. I didn't offer it to anyone in the U.S., but um, my token's trading on various exchanges. So in the secondary market, you know, all kinds of people are buying it. Is that okay? No, not if it's a security. It's okay if it's a token. But it's not okay, like a utility token of some variety. Uh, that's okay. It could be a referral token. It could be, you know, a game token. It could be all sorts of things that are not securities, and and they can trade, and it can, and that's okay. If it's a security, though, and if it's defined as being a security, well, then you have to first of all uh, keep track of who owns, especially if it's a U.S. company, but. If you sold to U.S. investors, they they should have been KYC ML'd. You should have known they were U.S. investors. It should only be trading hands where you can keep track of the governance of that uh, that that ownership, that equity. Uh, so you have to keep track of who owns it at all times, and they always have to be KYC ML'd. So therein lies the problem. That's not happening, <laughs> you know. And so, if one of these things like IOTA is out there and it's trading on these exchanges and it's a security because it took in four hundred thousand dollars once upon a time and used it to build, and now that money has grown in the treasury and it's using that to build, then it's common enterprise and it's a security and it doesn't pass the Howey test. And the SEC could come knocking on its door. And if anybody in the U.S. ever loses money on it and wants to start a class action lawsuit, then there's a good likelihood that when traffic monsoon passes, something like that could become a target if enough people complain about it. And so what I'm saying is clean it up before that happens, before this whole market just goes to crap. Now that half the world or more in population has now said we can't trade anymore because our governments will turn us into wax statues in an anatomy uh, display. You know, I mean... (laughs) 
it's kind of going to come so to why, a point where people are going to clean up. And, and this may be obvious, but why can't I go to like Charles Schwab and buy all kinds of stuff without being an accredited right, right. investor? You know, they, they do AML KYC. So do exchanges yeah. now, some of them. If an exchange right. is AML so, KYC on everybody, why can't I buy, you know, all kinds of tokens that I want, regardless of what they are? Right. So the SEC wants to make sure that the people that are involved in the offering have not ever committed any kind of securities fraud or been uh, convicted of any kind of criminal uh, um, wrongdoing, uh, especially, I'm not sure if it's anywhere, but certainly in securities. They want to make sure that there's uh, no track record of malfeasance. They want to make sure that there's a real business there. And so they want to see two years, I, th- I believe it's two years for Reg A plus um, of, of financial. And they want to make sure that you're evidently wealthy because they ask for $500,000, which is, I believe, the fee for your license. And if you can afford that fee that, for that license, then, I mean, the New York Stock Exchange is accepting Reg A+. And so if you're good enough for the NYSE, I mean, you'll get audited once a year. But essentially, you're a public company. And for whatever reason, once you pass that sniff test and put up the dough, you can now be a company that is bought and sold by non-accredited individuals at Charles Schwab. But by the okay. way, when you get okay, when you join Charles Schwab, when you join Charles Schwab, uh, you put up your bank account, you put up your identification, you put up your signature, and you were KYC ML. <laughs> so you were, you know, you didn't get away without it. Your Ameritrade account, same right, thing. Right, I don't think so. Yeah, so a bank account. So, and when so you the, up your so bank the big account, hurdle to, to show all these tokens then. registering your securities is what? Just money, or is it they don't have two yeah. years of financials? Yeah. Or why? Why wouldn't they yeah. just do this? What's the problem? <laughs> Right. So, so all these things that you just listed um, are called hurdles. And if you put up enough hurdles in front of um, small companies, maybe they won't jump those hurdles, I guess. Um, here's the thing. Most won't have the two years as a startup. So the Reg A plus is going to be out. So the next thing is, what do you do if Reg A plus is out? Well, in that case, you can go the traditional route. You do not need to make it digital. You could go to an investor or angel investors or, or you know accredited investors in the U.S. even, and you could have them invest directly onto your cap table and put together a term sheet and uh, put together you know a stock option uh, or stock uh, sale uh, agreement and and give it to them and sign it and you're done. Now you've got the money to go do your Reg A plus maybe after two years, but for the next two years you're going to have to live off the accredited investor. Now that is how it's done today in the United States. Nothing has changed. If you want to right now, if you are IOTA, for instance, go and get funding from a real comp- uh, a venture capital firm, for instance, or angel investors that are accredited and run your company off that money only until you reach a point where you've got your financials in order and you can go to Reg A Plus, and then you can offer it to everyone in the United States and they can market it to everyone on their Facebook page and everything is good. Okay, They can do that. They can go that way. There's also the way that I, my own company does, which is digitalize those assets, uh, those funds, and let people trade that. So it's sort of like a tradable angel list for crypto. But somebody can do this by themselves, and they could do it in a day. IOTA could do this in a day, literally. They could literally so tell me. All right, tell me the steps, just just so people listening, companies listening, what they think they may be in trouble. They probably are. What are the steps to do to clean it up with or without? Yeah, and again, your, I'm not an attorney. Do? I'm not an attorney, but you know, you just have to ask yourself the Howie test. 
did they raise $400,000? Uh, did they, did they trade on an exchange? Are they marketed to people in the United States? Do people in the U S read about them and how great they are and want to go buy their stuff on the exchanges illegally? Yeah, I think all that's true. And so how do you clean that up before somebody gets a smackdown from the SEC, for instance? And the way that you do that is if you have been around for two years, and I think they have, and they have financials, then turn their current foundation into a for-profit business, okay? Turn the foundation into a for-profit business and uh, refund the 400000 or offer it to anybody who wants that refund. Nobody should take it because it's become too, too valuable. And then uh, create a, an obvious good use case, access token or whatever, for the current token that's out there and make sure that people that understand that they have this token, they can hold this token, even if they're in the U.S., because it is now security and it's following all the laws of a commodity or security. And if it, if it was, but it's not, it's not a security. Um, and furthermore, you need to continue development. So you've proven as a team, you can get a lot of people excited about you and get your coin up to a lot of value even without having a working product necessarily. So go raise some money. VC should be throwing money at you if you did it traditionally, or you could take accredited investors' money and give them a digital token, a security token, and that could be tradable amongst them, so long as you KYC and the rest. So there is a way for IOTA to do it. They tell everybody that the current token that they have is now only for access, for instance. And it's it should trade uh, any they can't they can't make predictions of value, but you would expect, I would expect, a logical person I think would expect that if it was worth this much when it had no for-profit company pushing usage and adoption of it with a, with a real security that's not in any trouble with the SEC or anyone else, so it can proceed forward with no uncertainty, should be worth more. The current coin holders should delight in this, that now there'll be a company like Consensus with a Y to Ethereum or Red Hat to Linux that is legit and legal and pushing usage and adoption of this software so that it ultimately can uh, reach the financial potential that was evident when the coin was at two and a half, three billion, right? Does that make sense? What happened if- uh, we turn it into happened? a real company. Quit pretending it's right, not a real company. What happens I guess if- that's uh, really the, I guess that's really, that's really the answer you need right there without all that long, long-winded speech. Don't, well, don't do you pretend you're not if, a company. Uh, Act like a company and, and be a, do the appropriate things. And then you're not in any trouble. Well, not everyone's going to listen to you, unfortunately. I hope they do, but oh, what no, if no, they no, don't? I know, I know. A lot, of, happen? a lot of people are going to go out of business. It's true. Um, you know, look, call me a naysayer or the boogeyman or whatever you want, but I'm actually the person trying to uh, save this whole space and make it grow to a trillion and five trillion and beyond. And so I'm no boogeyman at all. In fact, um, I told uh, the audience on the last podcast that uh, regulation is going to come if we don't regulate ourselves. And I don't know that we could have stopped China or Russia, but if that's what's to come, Everyone should be scared out of their minds in the stock market. The, I'm sorry, I call it stock market because they're mostly all securities out there. Um, it crashed today. Why? Because people don't want, want to get arrested and be sent to work camps. They're scared. And yeah. so they're not going to buy these ICOs and they're going to dump what they've got and put it in Bitcoin, which is why it didn't fall apart. But look, if you want the rest of the world to survive going forward, if you think even just for a second that just a fraction of what I'm saying might come to bear in the U.S., then 
Yeah, you know, and realize I, I talked about in the first podcast Goldman Sachs having this exchange patent that I want the TXSRB to go after the USPTO for. But Bank of America has a patent for the wallet, the graphic user interface pointing to the blockchain. So what's going to happen here is people won't move. Some of them won't. They'll think they're above it and they'll get away with it because they're in Switzerland or something. And you're going to watch traffic monsoon pass uh, in the way the SEC wants it to. They'll get their ruling. And then they'll use the Dow token and they'll start picking off uh, real high rollers that are uh, our securities. And they'll start knocking them down to hundreds of millions and tens of millions of dollars from billions. And the exchanges that are holding them, as soon as there's an investigation, will delist them and there'll be no liquidity. And that's part of what's going to drive down the value. And even if they're found not guilty, not iota necessarily, but anybody who's really a security and knows it, that's wink, wink, nod, nod, I'm not really a security, they know the area of security. And their lawyer said, oh, that's a great area. Go ahead and go forward. Bad advice. Really bad advice. Because if you're a security, you're pretty much going to burn this entire market if you don't fess up and say, I am a company and I should have acted like that. I should do a fundraise from accredited investors or pay 500 grand, do a Reg A plus and get non-accredited investors, but do it legally. And if that was to have happened, we'd have a shitload of consensuses and a whole bunch of Ethereum's, really big coins, tens of billions. Nothing is bad about what I'm saying. What I'm saying is let's, let's put on our adult pants now and act like we're adults. <laughs> I mean, we're worth 150 billion, but we're not acting like adults yet. You know, of course, so, um, down when there's what if, um, I mean, what if a company says, well, you know what, we're just going to stop being on any of the exchanges that deal with the U.S. customers and we'll be fine that way. We don't want to go through this reggae stuff and we don't want to register as a security. You know, huh, that's what we're doing. Is that good strategy, bad strategy, foolish? What do you think that'll happen? Well, I mean, if somebody, if somebody wants to dance around the laws, and not kill a CMO and not follow security laws or commodity laws um, or participate with the uh, rules and regulations that will be set by the crowd for the token exchange self-regulating body. I mean, right now I'm drafting a lot of this stuff, but I'm drafting it with input from people that are like, like daily, we're getting hundreds of people registering their emails, wanting to be a part of this from around the world and wanting to uh, participate. And um, I don't know, part, you know they, they want to give. To this project. So if we get where we're going, it won't be in my hands. We'll put stuff up and the people can vote and decide. That's the ultimate goal here, is that the people control this ourselves. But when we make these controls, we have to understand that if we make them really loose, then those aren't really controls. And so we kind of have to... The reason, um, the reason I gave that scenario is because that seems like what's already been happening. You know, there's exchange, like Bitfinex, oh, we're not going to deal with U.S. customers and they think they'll be fine. And, you know, other ICOs are incorporating in Sweden and, or sorry, Switzerland yeah. and other you know, places. You know what's going to happen? All those, all those places that they think they're safe, they're not safe. And as we're closing this window with China and Russia and Ukraine and South Korea and Singapore and everybody's just India, everybody's coming and shutting the door. I think that the message is pretty clear at this point. The last chance we have to keep this market our own and grow it is to self-regulate and create rules and regulations around tokens that have never existed before. And so there need to be rules and regulations around them and paying attention to 
the, the, the rules of securities and commodities. What you're describing is people that want to just thumb their nose at the system and say, I don't care, I'm decentralized, I live in Zug, Switzerland, and my lawyer told me nobody can come get me. Uh-huh, okay. I think that's what Pirate Bay and, and, and some other really big torrent networks said once. They'll never get me. Right. I think those servers were taken. I think things did go down. I think that there's not a whole lot of that going on anymore like it used to be for sure. So, no, they can get you, and they will. So, and, and why screw with it? You know, here's the big, the big thing I, I've never understood. If you can do the right thing brilliantly, because the people we're talking about here are not stupid. They're geniuses. The people that created this stuff are unbelievable genius, and yet they want to risk everything to do it and buck the system and break the laws when just as easily they could obey the law and help create new laws that protect people, by the way, that's all it's about, supposedly, is protecting. Although you can go down to the casino and bet your entire house on the spin of the roulette wheel and bet on black, and if you lose, you lose everything, and if you win, you, you know, double your money, and you're kidding me, but they won't let you invest in a startup because that's risky. It's bullshit, and we all know it. But yeah, it's ridiculous. We have to follow, it's ridiculous, but we have to follow the rules. And so here is, here is my sincere hope. I hope that the crypto community will see the writing on the wall from China and Russia, Ukraine, et cetera. They will admit if they are startups and quit pretending and being a nonprofit foundation and just become a for-profit foundation and give people tokens that had tokens before, but if they want securities, give them the discount and let them move over if they're outside the U.S. If you can do Reg A, do Reg A, and if you can't, do it for everyone outside the U.S., et cetera. There are ways to clean up. I'm going to put them on the TXSRB website. My prayer is that people just come in and self-clean. Just clean it up. Admit it. Clean it up. You're done. And the worst case scenario is that um, they're going to throw the book at you, but maybe you get a little clemency uh, for, uh, you know, for, for at least acting like a good character and trying to be good. The worst, worst case scenario is that I guess you don't, and then you get busted, and they really throw the book at you. But I guess the best case scenario is that you clean up, you're no longer a target, you eliminate the ability for there to be class action lawsuits or single civil lawsuits against you for monetary damages, because there's a way to quash that that I'll talk about on the website as well. Um, but if you do this and lead by example, and your coin goes up, and now you've also got an investment, and now you become a consensus for your own company, and it's no longer a foundation, it's a for-profit organization that has issued a utility token or some kind of token that people have value in and can trade. You know, that's beautiful, man. That's a trillion-dollar market now. And all the people that made all of this wealth, they'll make even more wealth because they will be big owners in private companies now. I know it's against, they say, against everything to be out for anyone's self in this community thing. But remember, if something has certainty, and footing, then everyone can own a piece of it and grow and get rich. But if we let everybody govern us and take this over, and they may take away all the opportunities um, to make money except for the rich people. After all, the early profits are gone, which is what I think is really uh, driving. What's the call to action here? How can people you know, find out, again, like the list you mentioned, they're hearing it, but should they go to CXSRB and look at how they should clean up? Should they contact you and you do it for them? What do you recommend? Yeah, what I would say is that uh, tomorrow, I would say by tomorrow this time, uh, maybe tomorrow morning, it's right now Monday, 
night, but by this time tomorrow, I'll have a step-by-step on how anybody can come and clean up. And my call to action would be that everybody goes to the txsrb.org, token expert exchange, self-regulating body. And if you have a coin, I don't care if you're number one or number 100,000 on the list of coins out there. Look at the Howey test. Look at the test to see if you're a commodity and if, if so, what kind of rules should have applied to you. If you are one of those things, admit it. And if you aren't one of those things, rejoice and let us know about it so we can put you on the clean coin list after we take a look ourselves and you can submit that. But if you are uh, needing cleaning and you need help, give us a call, give us an email, I should say, and we will respond very quickly. But follow the steps, do it, and now announce to the network that you're clean. And announce no guilt, no, zero. No, this isn't an admission of guilt. This is just uh, a rejoicing announcement that uh, you now have a red hat for your Linux. Yeah, you know, you're going to have a profitable company that's not pretending not to be a security anymore, and you're going to move forward and, like I said, be an admission of guilt, but you're going to move forward with a for-profit company that is going to push usage and adoption and build real infrastructure, meaning business development and operations, sales and marketing and advertising, and all the things that actually make up a real business. It's more than just brilliant software geniuses and a lawyer. A real investable security, a real company something that's long-lasting, that has more certainty and relevancy, is uh, a for-profit company that is focused on the bottom line and it it growing. So this is great for everybody. And for those that don't, I would just ask you to think about it. You know, if you don't think immediately, yeah, I should do that, think about it and try and come up with good reasons why that is going to benefit the community. If you drag your feet get exposed and your your investors lose and your name gets sullied and the community gets sullied and it doesn't have to. None of it has to happen. I mean, it could, it, it could be a good thing if people would let it be a good thing. This isn't doomsday. This is tick-tock. We're getting real close, but there's still a couple minutes to do something about it. But I don't know that the nine, uh, didn't I give you 90 days a week ago? I now give it right, 45, yeah. maybe 30. 30 to 45. Yeah, when I see the explosion of the news from Israel, from China, from Russia, coming from Ukraine, I mean, it's all so over it, the place. It can, all be, it can get so depressing, right? Yeah. It's, and by the way, yeah, it everywhere. doesn't mean that once we prove by example that this can be done correctly, that we can't take this back into China, for instance. Because remember that at one point, China didn't want Bitcoin, and then Bitcoin was okay. So perhaps if we can get our shit together and lead by example, maybe perhaps the rest of the world can watch our lead and uh, um, mimic us and come back into the market before they miss out the way the United States looked like it was going to miss out. All right, John. So last couple of questions. Um, I'm glad to say that you're going to be speaking, you know, keynote at the uh, Bitcoin, Ethereum and Blockchain Super Conference in February in Dallas. But Super excited. it's uh, less than six months from now. But who knows what the environment's going to be like? You know, I would ask you, what are you going to talk about? But I mean, I guess that could be two different things. You could talk about you know, we didn't rise up and uh, and fix ourselves, or we did fix ourselves. So, what are the two what are the two possible things that you'll be talking about at the conference, depending on what happens? Well, I believe that I believe that the people in the United States have before them an opportunity to do something about this, and thank God we have a representative government, supposedly still that is not going to make rash decisions that affect the people's finances quickly, no matter how much those at the top might 
be influencing them to want to. They can't. They're, they're saying, there's no button that they can push. The SEC investigating people and all, none of that's a bad thing. I mean, it's, it's a better thing if we've cleaned up. But we'll still be talking about this in six months. And we will either be talking about um, how people really still need to come to action or my prayer is that we are going to be talking about how we stayed this thing right at the precipice and we withdrew from danger. We created certainty in the markets and we, that's how we got to a half a trillion from what's backed up to about 125 billion, I think. So if we can, if we can move this up in six months to 500 billion because we've created certainty, and now people are wanting back in. That is what I hope we're talking about. But either way, we'll be talking about the state of the market and how we can make it stronger and better for everybody. Great. All right. John Gott of Stokens.com and the TXSRB. I uh, encourage listeners to uh, you know check out the sites and uh, sign up if it's something that you believe and you, you're in this community and you want it to thrive. And uh, thanks, John, for being on the podcast. I appreciate it. Rich, thanks for the second interview. I appreciate it. The Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post to review to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.